Chapter Fourteen of Mrs. Balfame by Gertrude Horne Atherton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Fourteen. Supper was over, and Broderick and Miss Crumley sat in the backyard studio. Mrs. Crumley had company of her own, and as Alice decried the vulgarity of the legendary American daughter's attitude to the poor-spirited American mother she invariably retired to the background whenever it would enhance mrs crumley's self-respect to occupy not only the foreground but if her daughter had an interesting visitor the entire stage alice since her humiliating failure with dwight rush clung the more passionately to her rules of conduct they were not red with the blood of life but at least they served as an anchored boy the atelier was hung with olive green burlap and covered with an artistic litter of sketches broderick before settling himself into a comfortable chair by the stove examined the more recent and encouraged her with a few words of discriminating praise keep it up alicia the news for you next month if you are ready for a job you've improved marvellously in figures which was where you were weak miss loys our fashion artist is marrying next month you might as well begin with that you'll be on the paper and can jump into something better when it offers alice nodded emphatically give me work and as soon as possible i don't care much what it is but i want to work and plenty of it it isn't only that i want to use my energies but i've spent all i can afford on lessons and the rest of it i'll see to it your sort doesn't go begging Broderick clipped his cigar and watched her thin profile for a moment without speaking He noticed for the first time that she had lost the little flesh that formerly had covered her small bones And that the pink stained the pale ivory of her cheeks only when conversation excited her But if anything she was prettier no more attractive than ever For there was more depth in her face which in spite of its subtle suggestions had seemed to his critical masculine taste to be too eager too prone to pour out her personality without reserve when the brain lighted up Now there was a slight droop of the eyelids which might mean fatigue But gave length and mystery to the strange olive eyes Her pink mouth with its short upper lip was too small for his taste But the modeling of her features in general seemed to him more cleanly defined and the sweep of jaw almost as keen as a blade must have delighted her own artist's soul she was rather diminutive to her sorrow but the long lines she cultivated in her house gowns made her figure very alluring and the limp and awkward grace of fashion singularly became her she wore tonight a butterfly gown of georgette finding as ever admirable effects in cotton since she could not afford the costly fabrics the color of the american beauty rose and a narrow band of olive velvet around her thin ivory white neck for the moment of her absorption as she stared into the coals her attitude would have been one of complete repose had it not been for her restless hands broderick noticed too that there were darkened hollows under her eyes poor kid he thought she's been through it all right and put up a stiff fight but what a pity as he struck a match she rose and opening a drawer in the table took out a box of russian cigarettes i keep these here she announced because i don't want to shock mother 
and I seldom indulge these days in expensive habits. But I shall celebrate and smoke all evening. It is jolly to have you like this again, Jimmy. I heard you were engaged. Is it true? You would seem to have deserted everyone else. Mr. Broderick coloured and looked as sheepish as a highly sophisticated star reporter may. Well, not quite, he admitted. It's been heavy running, and I don't have all the time there is on my hand. But, I hope, well, I think now it'll be pretty plain sailing. Good, Jimmy, good. For a moment he too gazed into the coals, his eyes softening. Then once more he banished the dainty image evoked. No nonsense for him in Elsinore, with the Balfame tangle to unravel to the glory of the New York news. Alice, he said, stretching his long legs and looking innocent and comfortable, I want to have a confidential talk with you about Mrs. Balfame. He paused and then looked her straight in the eyes as he launched his bolt. I have come to the conclusion that she shot him. Jim Broderick! Alice sprang to her feet, her eyes wide and full of angry light. Oh, you newspaper men, how utterly abominable! Why? Sit down, my dear. Somebody did it, not? As our friends the Germans say. And undoubtedly that someone is the person most interested in getting him out of the way. But not Mrs. Balfame. Why, I've been brought up on Mrs. Balfame. I'd as soon suspect my own mother. No, my friend, you would not. Mrs. Crumley is adorable in her own way, but she is frankly and comfortably in her fifties. She is not a beautiful woman who looks fully ten years younger than she has any right to look. See? Oh, but... Think it over. You said the other day that you believed Mrs. Balfame to have unplumbed depths, or something equally popular with your sex, and you were horrified at her singular facial transformations no less than twice within a fortnight. Certainly the picture you drew of her stalking down the country club room was that of a woman in a mood for anything. Oh, a lovely well-bred woman outraged by the conduct of a drunken brute of a husband. But do you imagine that any woman goes through life without being turned into a fury now and then by her husband? No doubt. But you see, the death of the brute occurred so soon after the transformation scene enacted behind the expressive face of the lady you have immortalized on paper. And no new-made devil is so complete as that which rises out of the debris of an angel. When your placid, sternly controlled women do explode, they may patch themselves together as swiftly as a cyclone passes. But one of the sinister faces of their hidden collection has been flashed momentarily before the public eye. Oh! Oh! I have tracked down every suspect, several upon whom no suspicion has alighted as yet. To my mind, there are only two people to whom the crime could be brought home. Who is the other? Dwight Rush. This time, Alice did not sit up with flaming eyes. To the astute gaze of the reporter, she took herself visibly in hand, but she bit through the long tube between her lips. What makes you think that? she asked as she tossed the bits into the fire and lighted another cigarette. You roam too far afield for me. He is in love with her. 
with whom the lady who was so opportunely if somewhat sensationally made a widow last saturday night he is not why how absurd you are tonight jim she is a thousand years older than he how old is she forty-two mother sent her a birthday cake last month rush is thirty-four who cares for eight years on the wrong side these days she looks younger than he does to say nothing of her own inconsiderable age and when a woman is as lovely as mrs balfame as interesting as she must be with an astute mind that subtle suggestion of mystery you are mad simply mad in the first place he has had no chance to find out whether she is interesting or not if he had all elsinore would have rung with it and uh what nothing come out with it it's up to you to prove him innocent if you can he was in brooklyn that evening i met him at the cummocks the next day and heard him say so yes that is what he is at pains to tell everyone perhaps he can prove it perhaps not but that's not what was in your mind I was afraid of being misunderstood but it is all right for of course he can prove that he was in brooklyn i happen to know that he went to the balfame house on his way back from the club saturday evening and only stayed a few minutes i left the club just after mrs balfame did as i had been out there all afternoon and had promised mother to help her during the evening i came in on the trolley and got off at the corner of balfame and dorbarn streets to finish an argument I was having with Harriet Bell over the possibility of Mrs. Balfame losing her social power through the scene out at the club. Few of the members would care to go through such a scene a second time. Moreover, some of these newer rich women resent her supremacy and would like to force her to take a back seat. I only talked for a few minutes after I got off the car and then walked quickly over to the avenue. Just as I turned the corner, I saw Dwight Rush slam the Balfame gate and almost run up the walk. He seemed in a tearing hurry about something. I was standing on the porch only a few minutes later when he strode past, no doubt hoping to catch the 710 for Brooklyn. Now, nobody would be happier than I to prove a first-class alibi for Rush. Who else suspects him? No one, and so far as I am concerned, no one shall. If you want the whole truth, what I'm as intent on just now as, as big news itself is complete exoneration for my friend. But if he didn't do it, she did. And if he butted in upon her at a time like that, it was because he was beside himself. No doubt he asked her to elope with him, get a divorce. What utter nonsense! Perhaps... But if she saw her chance, I'm thinking she wouldn't have hesitated a minute to put a bullet in Balfame. People don't turn as sick at the mere thought of committing murder when there's a good chance of putting it over, as you may imagine. Most of us experience the impulse some time or other. Cowardice or circumstances safeguard us. She did it, take my word for it. She deliberately poisoned a glass of lemonade first for Balfame to drink, when he came home on his way to take the train for albany then something or other interfering what i can only guess at as yet she found her chance to shoot and shot why if all that were true she would be a fiend 
not necessarily merely a highly exasperated woman one moreover who had locked herself up too long marital squabbles are safety valves and i understand she let him do the rowing but i don't care about her impulses the act is enough for me psychology later when i write a page off sunday stuff but you can see for yourself that if she isn't indicted and pretty quick dwight rush will be but no one else suspects him not yet but the whole town thinks of nothing else and as they've about given up all hope of the political crowd as well as gunmen and tango girls they'll veer presently toward the truth and before they settle down on their idol's lofty head they'll root out for some man who might easily be in love with her although hopelessly as a matter of course then they'll recall a thousand trifles that no doubt you too recall without effort it's true she turned to him out there ignoring men she had known for years she saw him at the house that night if only for a few moments oh it's too horrible mrs balfame an elsinore lady and she has been so good to us all these hard years helped us over and over again oh i don't mind telling you jim that i was a little bit jealous of her i rather liked rush he was interesting and a nice male creature and i was so lonely and he stopped coming so suddenly and then seeing him so delighted to meet her that night and both of them dragging up the avenue as if each moment were a jewel i've always thought it hateful for married women to try to cut girls out it's so unnatural but i can't hear her accused of murder to go oh it's too awful to think about she'd get off don't let that worry you innocent or guilty there's no other way of saving rush be more jealous if that will help matters he'll marry her the moment he decently can i don't believe he cares a bit for her and i don't believe she will marry him or anyone oh yes she will he's the sort to get what he wants and take it from me he is mad about her and she's at the age to be carried off her feet by an ardent determined lover make no mistake about that besides hers is a name that she'll want to drop as soon as possible jim broderick you know that you are deliberately playing on my female nature on all the baseness you feel sure is in it i'd always thought you rather subtle diplomatic i don't thank you for the compliment of frankness my dear girl it is a compliment my utter lack of diplomacy with you i want to pull this big thing off for my paper for your paper and i want to save the friend of both of us i have merely tried to prove to you that mrs balfame is a mere human being not a goddess and deserves to pay some of the penalty of her crime at least certainly she isn't worth the sacrifice of dwight rush but if he can prove his alibi suppose he couldn't it was saturday night what more likely than he failed to find the man he wanted i have a dark suspicion that he never went near brooklyn that night was in no mood to think of business although i don't for a moment believe he was near the balfame place or knows who did it unless mrs balfame has confessed to him she is a very clever woman not likely to linger on smugly in any fool's paradise she must know that suspicion will work round to her and knowing his infatuation no doubt has consulted him broderick really thought nothing of the sort 
but calculated his words and they produced their effect the blood rose to the girl's hair then ebbed leaving her ghastly he would hate her then she whispered not rush another man perhaps but not only do things go too deep with a man like that for anything but time to cure but he's chock full of romantic chivalry and he's madly in love remember by that i mean in the first flush he'd look upon her as a martyr and immediately set to work toward suspicion from her if an alibi could not be proved for him he'd take the crime on his own shoulders if the worst came to worse oh are men really so quixotic in these days haven't changed fundamentally since they evolved from protoplasm but why should all that chivalry that magnificent passion the first love of a man like that be called out by a woman of mrs balfame's age why it's some girl's right i don't say mine i don't think i'm a dog in the manger i'm trying not to be but the world is full of girls not foolish young things only good enough for boys but girls in their twenties bright companionable helpful real mates for men why it is unnatural damnable yes it is said broderick sympathetically but if human nature weren't a tangled wire fence electrified full of contradictions life wouldn't be interesting at all perhaps it's a mere case of affinity destiny don't ever betray me but there it is as well try to explain the abrupt taking off of useful men in their prime of lovely children of needed mothers of aged women who have lived exemplary lives mainly for others spending their last years with the horrors of cancer don't try to explain human passion and she is beautiful and fresher to look at than girls of eighteen that tango day and night but he must be saved from her as well as from arrest will you help me what do you want me to do get further evidence about mrs balfame i cannot and would not if i could do you think i would be the means of fastening the crime of murder on any woman you would if you were a hardened and good newspaper woman well i'm not and i won't do your own sleuthing more than i are on the job but i want your help i don't say you can pick up fragments of her dress in the grove or that you can or would worm yourself into her confidence and extract a confession but you can set your wits to work and think up ways to put me on the track of more evidence than i've got now can you think of anything offhand no ah what does that intonation mean your ears are off the key not mine tell me at once no he rose and took up his hat never mind now think it over you will tell me in a day or two just remember while watching all my little seeds sprout that you can help me save a fine fellow and put my heel on a snake a murderess Poh! there's nothing so obscene good night she did not rise as he let himself out but sat beside her cold stove thinking and crying until her mother called her to come in and go to bed end of chapter 14